Hey, Luke, have you been looking for a new Daily Fantasy Sports app? You know, I have really been jonesing for one. I got the perfect one for you, Thrive Fantasy. Thrive Fantasy is a new DFS app for prop bets. They have streamlined the drafting process and eliminated the need to do unnecessary hours of research by using only top-tier athletes. Instead of the traditional salary cap format, you build your lineup around a list of prop bets. For each contest, you need to choose 10 of the 20 prop bets plus two ice picks that protect you from any late scratches or postponed games. Each unique prop has an over and under point value assigned to it, and you will be rewarded that point value if that prop is correct. For example, your man, Mookie Betts, will he have over or under one and a half RBIs? The less likely the prop is to occur, the more points the choice will be worth, and you build your team score around the amount of correct props you select. Got that? I got it. All right, so go check out Thrive Fantasy. If you use the promo code, Bring in the heat, or bring the heat, B-R-I-N-G-T-H-E-H-E-A-T. When you sign up, they will match your first deposit of up to $10. So you deposit $10, you have $20 to play with now. Go check it out. I know that we've already had some people reach out to us about their success. They've won some of their latest, uh, I would say, bets. So go check it out. That's Thrive Fantasy, one of the best and newest Uh, daily fantasy sports apps out there here we go Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Bringing the Heat Podcast, episode 34. It's your hosts, Zach and Luke. And with us again, we have the man with many nicknames, Mooch the Don, Mooch, or Teflon Don. Teflon Don, Moochavelli, whatever he goes by. What's going on? So Mooch, welcome back. This is your second episode in as many weeks. How's it feel? Ooh, I'm back and I'm better now. Ooh. All right. All right. Well, I, I see that none of us are wearing Air Maxes, but... uh. Since we all like sneakers and none of us are wearing Air Max, it's kind of disappointing. Today is Air Max Day, so just happy Air Max, everybody. Also, you know, Mooch brought it to my attention. All three of us have been struggling with receding hairlines lately, and uh, I've noticed mine more and more every day. Every time I wash my hair, I got a handful of hair. So, I was just trying to recognize, you know, the lineage we have going here. We got Michael Jordan, that's going bald. Or, hey, he's, he's been, been bald. bald. <laughs> <laughs> you know, LeBron will be there one day. We got Jeter, The Rock, even though it's by choice, he claims. Stone Cold. That's The list goes on. We're, we're a I pretty good company. I say we're a pretty good company in right? the bald spot. You know? I, I would say so. Yeah, I, I, I am... I will say that I've probably the one out of the three of us that has that has not completely embraced the baldness. Yeah, yeah. I still grow out my hair to try to cover up my receding hairline. But uh, yeah, without a doubt, um, we are going bald and you know, that to me is a little depressing, but, you know, we're in good company. Yeah, I, I think so. I mean, we even got Mike Tyson, you know, being the company of the World Heavyweight Champ. It's great. Even even Mooch, who'd you say? Even Johnny Travolta's bald oh, now. even John Travolta's <laughs> bald now. The man with one of some of the best hair back in the day. Dude, that's true. So, yeah, I would definitely say 
shame on me for not embracing it, but uh, I don't think we have anything Especially to worry about. Especially now that you're a dad. I know. You know, you, yeah, you gotta like, go bald and grow out the stash. And this see, stash. I think okay. I yeah. think that it would look really cool if I was just bald with a full beard. I that's think the that, line. That's that's where I'm headed. I think that I feel like I'm losing my my head hair and it's going straight to my face. I feel like that would be the dopest look, but I can't grow a beard, so <laughs> that's kind of off the table for me. Um, so even though you know I'm 24, going to be 25, I grow facial hair like I've just hit puberty. <laughs> so it's not, it is not good yeah. for me. But me and Mooch, on the other hand, we've had beards since like we were 10. So. Yeah, <laughs> it's it's not fair, um, but whatever. Um, also, 18 years ago, on March 22nd, so we're Dude, four days late. When this day passed, I was excited. That, that uh, was a good day. That is, so 18 years ago, well, 18 years and four days now, uh, Randy Johnson blew up a bird with a fastball. That's probably my favorite baseball moment of all time. That, that is one of the coolest videos that you'll see, is yeah. just seeing the feathers. And I know the animal activists out there are probably going to get a little mad. You didn't see any blood. It wasn't graphic. And it wasn't like he did it on purpose. The, the stupid bird that's, flew in. That's one way for the bird to go. Like yeah, that. <laughs> dude. Hey, man. That Last bird week. That bird is in bird heaven right now, bragging <laughs> to all the other birds, saying that I got hit with a Randy Johnson fastball. Yeah. You got just hit by a car or something. <laughs> yeah, bro. Like, dude. The bird didn't feel it, I'm sure. It was a 105-mile-an-hour fastball around that range and just yeah, kind of like uh, the dust that LeBron throws up in the air. It looks like the bird just disappeared. Like, yeah, cause it's it, just feathers. All man. the feathers were going everywhere, and then the bird's just, like, <laughs> <Yeah>. gone. <laughs> it's great. I love yeah, it. Yeah, that is a legendary video. Um, so to start the po- – well, we already started the podcast, obviously, but to start to go into content, uh, we're going to start with NFL. And, you know, I, I would say the biggest news – that uh, has come out is Gronk retires after nine seasons. So he's kind of been fiddling with retirement for, I'd say, the last two years. Yeah. He's mentioned it. Um, and so a lot of people are surprised. I'm not surprised. Uh, Gronk has, throughout his career, been absolutely battered. I mean, I will say the guy doesn't drop anything, but he gets destroyed. Uh, Brady can throw him plenty hospital balls, and he's still going to catch them. And I think that's kind of just what caught up with him. Um, and with his personality, he doesn't have to play football to make money. And he's already said that he, he's never spent a penny of his NFL contract. He actually spent all his endorsement money. So that's smart, bro. He, as dumb as he comes off of, like that's smart financial planning. Exactly. Yeah. So he's so, got $60 million just sitting in the bank that he's living off of right now. He didn't, he probably hasn't even touched his salary still. No, yeah, he hasn't. And so, and I, I think that he's going to end up somewhere where, He's going to be making money again, whether it's in Hollywood or I know you say WWE. Hey, dude, he'll probably be at the WrestleMania Gronk. I'll see you there, buddy. Put him on a I'm talk show to... or something. Yeah, yeah. he's making his dude, money. He's, he, gonna, he's going to be fine. I could see him joining the podcast world and oh, just. I thought you were about to say joining our podcast. I'd be like, yeah, bring <laughs> Gronk. No, not joining our podcast, but joining the, the podcasting world. And uh, I could see him being successful in it because I could see him doing a podcast that has nothing to do with football. Yeah. Just something about like a life just podcast. BSing and, it's just going to yeah. be him being a meathead partying and girls. Yeah. Guaranteed. Or a YouTube channel. I could I would yeah. I would subscribe to Gronk's YouTube channel. <laughs> It'll probably be about 69 or something like that. I mean, yeah. He loves that number. Yeah, without a doubt. So um with that said, his agent has said that there's a possibility that he feels Gronk could return. Um I wouldn't disagree with that. I think if, you know, Tom Brady would in the middle of the season, like, hey, man, we need you. He comes back, plays four or five games, and helps him win another championship. I could totally see that happening. But 
just for the sake that he doesn't come back right now with his numbers, is he the greatest tight end to ever play the game of football? Uh, I, I don't know if he's the greatest, but he's definitely no, the most he, influential. He j- definitely changed how the position's played. Um, that's why you see guys like Travis Kelsey and all those guys, Jimmy Graham, and they're, they're more like wideouts now, you know, like Evan Ingram too. You see all these guys that are fat. I mean, Gronk's slow, but you see all these faster guys that are just bulkier and bulkier, and they're just playing on the inside, and they blow out, you know, uh, linebackers on pass routes and everything, and they're always open. So you're going to see more of these guys being developed, and they're going to affect the game more and more. Um, but the injuries just caught up to him, man. Like you said earlier. Like he's, yeah, like as big as he is, he can only yeah. take so many yeah. hits. He, he's getting hit all the time. Like it. guys like Earl Thomas are laying him out. Earl Thomas obviously hits hard. He's only five nine, and Gronk's what six seven, and he planted him. This guy's coming off a of back surgery. He's had forearm surgery. He still wears that robotic elbow thing. They got he's beat up, man. And you know you just saw it was time for him to hang up the cleats. Yeah, and the taller you are, the harder you fall. And I've seen Gronk take some shots. I mean, mm-hmm. Patriots are always on TV. So, I mean, you get to see them play a lot. And it just seemed every game he was getting absolutely murdered. He took one this past season, Jamal Adams. Yeah, yeah. see? Yeah. It's like this, the guys you wouldn't even expect are laying them out. So, mm-hmm. and, and it's, feeling it. It's not even just him. It was just, you know... The passes Brady's or Brady's throwing, not that Brady's bad, but yeah. you know he throws those balls knowing that that Gronk's going to catch them, yeah. and so I mean you pay the price for it over your career. So um, I wouldn't say he's the greatest ever either. Um, in my eyes, it's still either Jason Witten or Tony Gonzalez. Those are my two as we picks. saw earlier. Witten's still going to be adding to those numbers and yeah. came back. So, yeah, I just think it's funny. You know, you got Gronk retiring, who was drafted in 2010, and then Witten coming back, who was drafted in 2003. It's pretty crazy. Um, I had this conversation with somebody before. You see it more now in today's NFL, guys playing eight to ten years, securing their money and leaving before yeah. you know before they have any serious serious inj- injuries or or long term issues. I mean, you see guys like Jim Brown. Yeah. I mean, I know he's old Calvin now. Johnson. Calvin yeah, Johnson, yeah, Calvin Johnson, Patrick Willis did it as well. Yeah, but like. Because people don't want to look like Jim Brown. Now, Jim Brown's old now, but yeah. like he was still not in good shape prior to him getting older. So I just think like... You know, and he only played nine seasons too. Yeah. So it was a different time then. So I think that's kind of where the NFL's headed. You know, you see a guy play eight to ten years and they secure their money and get Especially out. Especially with the money they make now, they yeah. can get out so early. It's... Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think it's better, like, overall for player health and safety. You know, you, you see guys like Earl Campbell. He was in a wheelchair not long ago. Like, he's yeah. obviously rehabilitated and he's walking again, but Earl Campbell's one of the greatest of all time at running back, and this guy was in a wheelchair, like, three years ago, you know? So seeing, like, these guys fall so far from grace just because they wanted that, you know, those extra years, it's not really beneficial for them in the end. Yeah, I totally agree. And, and speaking about players who are retiring, and another oft-injured player, um, Jeremy Macklin. So Jeremy Macklin also retired, um, and you had made this list, so you put on there, had very high potential and always hurt. Dude, he had the chance to be excellent, man. He was in. He was set up great with McNabb when he first came in. He also had Michael Vick, and uh, it was, I don't know if he was there for Foles when Foles went on that run or not, but he, he had chances, but he was just always hurt, couldn't stay on the field. And that's why he found trouble finding a job because everybody knew it was concussions or yeah, he knew what you were getting. When you, you knew what you were up. getting from him. Yeah, and I mean Macklin had that one, maybe two seasons where he was pretty good, and mm-hmm. you know he he got his money yeah, uh, from Kansas City, mm-hmm. but you know at the in the end of the day he he 
I wouldn't say he he was horrible, but he didn't pan out to yeah. what he, everyone thought he would have been. Just think about that that dream team that Vince Young called it with the Eagles. You know, they had Vic, Deshaun Jackson, Macklin. They had um, who's the receiver now that they got? Jordan Matthews was there, and Lashawn McCoy. So that offense on paper could have been one of the best ever, but like this guy was never there. He was always hurt. Mm-hmm. Um. So. RG3 is back to doing RG3 things. I can't believe this, man. <laughs> so RG3, you know, he always he comes he tries to come across as this innocent guy yeah. that is like the most upstanding citizen in the NFL and it always seems like there's always a story that comes out to debunk that. It. Yeah, there's yeah. something behind him all the time. Um so RG3 is being sued by his former agent for firing him without paying or without paying uh what he owed his agent at the time. So the lawsuits uh for over 650,000 so we would have to assume that he didn't pay him around that amount. The, from my understanding, agents are supposed to cash out right away when a when a player signs when a new player deal. Signs, yeah. yeah, they're supposed to cash out right away. You're supposed to give them their cut. And usually, they do good that way. Yeah, by getting their money right away. But this dude was canned, yeah. and he still didn't get his money, man. Like, give him a severance pay or something, bro. You you fired him from his job. Yeah, um, RG three RG three continues to refute all those that image he's trying to per or to pers or. What am I trying to say? Trying to show. Yeah, trying to yeah, yeah, yeah. He, he's, he's not that person that I think he tries to make himself out to be. I think he's kind of a douche. Especially when you look at the, the amount the lawsuit's for. It's yeah. 150000 to players, especially when in his position of what he came out as and how big he was. That's, that's like pocket change to these guys. You yeah. Know? Just yeah. pay the man his money. And- especially now, you're seeing like they're guaranteed money, they're signing bonuses of like yeah. $5 million. You could, you know, chew up and spit out. $700,000 on a dinner. Just give the guy his money. And maybe not now, but back when RG3 first came out, he was an endorsement guy. Mm-hmm. I mean, he had a decent amount of endorsements because his rookie year was phenomenal. He had his own cleat with yeah. Adidas, the Adidas. Adidas. That is his shoe. Yeah. So, I mean, he's and he's still making money off that, yeah. I'm sure. So, RG3, stop being scummy. Well, speaking of RG3, bro, he has some knee issues and all the ACLs and other kind of ruined his career. This past season, there was 53... Torn ACLs in the NFL. Say that's insane. That's a lot, but I feel like there's probably been other seasons where there's been there's been more. No, I, I feel like we see it every day now. Like it's just more and more every year. I, it's concussions are going down great, but I don't know if it's the cleats. I don't know if it's the turf. I think it's the play on. style. Yeah, right. Concussions are a little mm-hmm. less now because you don't see people getting as hit as hard. The there's flags for every kind of hit yeah. now in the league. But now it's all about the jukes, yeah, the, the spins, jukes, the, spins, the routes. Everybody's emphasizing this step and, even the and tackles. cut yeah, and the tackles. Nope. It's all low. So mm-hmm. I feel like that has a, that has a, a lot to do with it and what's going on. But a good injuries. 85% of this list that I'm looking at, it's all offensive players, even linemen too. Uh, I think, linemen I expect because, you know, they're getting run into by run, like running backs and they're getting fallen onto like from the side. So I can see them blowing their knees out. But 85% of this list are skill position offensive players. Wide receivers, tight ends, fullbacks, running backs. It's pretty crazy. You got Darius Geis. You got um, Hunter Henry on here. Marquise Lee. Jarek McKinnon. And that's five guys. And you said that that's an, those are ACL tears or just knee, all ACL knee injuries? Tears. Oh, yeah. all ACL tears. Yeah, that's, that's serious. That's I, insane. I think it has a lot to do with what Mooch said. You know, just the skill positions, you know, it, they always emphasize footwork and making the cuts and everything like that. And a lot of times we see these knee injuries, 
their non-contact, you know, in yeah. practice, like you're running through drills and probably not even suited up. Yeah. Um, and they're going down. So I think a lot of it has to do with these guys are becoming more athletic. They're, they're running at crazy speeds, you know, faster. The, the NFL is faster now. I feel like than it's ever been. Yeah. I feel like these, these guys are too athletic for their own good. Man. Yeah. Like you're running so fast and then to make a cut, that's not, the wear, the wear and tear on the body is just yep. it takes that's, a toll. Well, that's another thing. You're they playing, don't allow themselves like time to recover. You and know? if you're playing football since you've been ten years old, and you're playing that position, you know your whole entire life. Like, I mean, it's just like ex- perfect example. Baseball. Adrian Peterson, yeah, dude's a monster. Mm-hmm. He would run, you know, games after games. Yeah, and it finally caught up to him. Hurt his, his knee, ACL, yeah. his ACL, and, he came and it's kind of like, like three months. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah still, still, still the fastest turnaround for and sure. Like the, per- the best example of like to take your time and recover from this. I know Le'Veon Bell injured his knee like a while ago, a couple like four or five seasons maybe. I think he tore his. He's one of the ACL guys. You know, he tore his ACL four years ago. Uh, I'm, p- I'm pretty sure it was the second one when he did it with the Steelers because he did it in college too. But you see, he took an entire year off just to let his body heal. I, that, that that was definitely part of the reason. He took, he took so off. long off, yeah. Yeah, yeah, without a doubt. So I think you're going to see that more and more because like, he didn't. I mean, he lost money, but I'm sure in the new collective bargaining agreement, they're coming up. I think in two years they're going to talk about it. Um, they're like a renegotiating. You're going to see like more time off for players, maybe more bye weeks. Like uh, that 18 game thing, that's definitely getting thrown out the window. I know the NFL wants it mainly for you know revenue reasons, but it's not safe. No, the safe. only way they're able to do that is if they cut on preseason games. And at this point, people – there's guys that don't play a single preseason game because yeah. why risk, risk the chance the of losing your whole season? Mm-hmm. Um, so just some other uh, news that we, I guess we don't really have to elaborate too much on for football is Darquez Denard. Uh, he returns to the Bengals on a one-year $5 million deal. I'm surprised deal. nobody else wanted him. He's a good slot cornerback, man. He could have definitely helped out a lot of teams. Uh, I mean, but at least he goes back to a team. He's you know, comfortable. Yeah, he's comfortable there. there. So, um, also, John Gruden says Derek Carr will be the Raiders' quarterback. I don't know if I believe that. I don't, because there were so many things came out last year that they, they were arguing they didn't get along. Uh, Derek Carr doesn't get along with teammates, blah, 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 blah. I, I don't know. They, they have three picks, and they could easily trade two and turn it around for a higher pick and draft a quarterback. My, my thing with this is Derek Carr had Amari Cooper... He had. I mean, it's not like he never had weapons, and it always seemed like he was the reason why their offense was struggling. I feel like he's regressed since his rookie year, and so I don't know. I don't. I don't know. I think it's kind of hard to have faith in Carr, yeah. in my honest opinion. And I, I don't know. That's why I think Antonio Brown, without as good as he is, I don't think he's going to regress because of him necessarily. I think he's going to regress because of Carr. I, I think so too. Well, of course, when, especially when you go through. I mean, whether you, you like Big Ben or not, it's a Hall of Fame quarterback compared yep. to a quarterback, which we talked about before. Mm-hmm. You know what you're going to get yeah. when you put him on the field. Yeah. I, in the same interview, John Gruden, he was like praising him though. He's saying, "Oh, Derek Carr is going to be our quarterback. We think he's great. We believe in him." Blah blah blah. And he was spitting out stats, stats that went unnoticed by me because I'm used to seeing guys like Stafford, Breeze, Brady. These guys throwing for 5,200 yards, setting records every year. Derek Carr didn't even do that bad last year. He had 4,200 yards, and he was close to 70% completion rating. That's yeah. what John Gruden said. So 
I, hey, man, that's not bad. I mean, I think there was other reasons why the Raiders were as bad as they were. I think overall I think as a team. trading Mac was definitely a big piece of that. Well, I think overall as a team, they, they had a lot of holes. So I'm not yeah. going to put it all on Carr, but in my honest opinion, I feel like Carr's regressed. He hasn't lived up to that contract he got. Yeah. So I, I don't know. I, I can see them sticking with Carr because I don't know if anyone in the draft right now is better than Carr. So, I mean, defense, though, he has had three different head coaches. He's had to learn three new systems. And he's dealt with injuries. And he, Yeah, exactly. Yeah, he's, he's had his back injury. I think he had an ankle injury the one year. So, I don't know. Maybe this is the year he puts it all together. Who knows? And, if uh, not, he's going to be with his brother as a co-host on NFL Network. <laughs> so, you actually mentioned Matt Stafford. I did. Um, the Dolphins apparently tried to trade for Stafford last year. They offered a first-round pick and more. Um, if you're the Lions, do you say this is stupid or or what? If I'm Matt Patricia and I'm coming in there and you're already seeing what you have with your team, you're also looking at the division. You have the Vikings who are one step away from the Super Bowl. You know, they just, I mean, they got smacked by the Eagles, but they were still there. You got the Packers, always good. And the Bears, they already made their moves and they they showed that they're coming up. So if I'm Matt Patricia, I'm kind of saying, hey, you know, this this is the guy here, but he's been here long enough. He hasn't really proved anything. He's only been to the Pro Bowl one time. Barely ever an MVP conversation. Maybe it's time to move on. So you take those pieces and you rebuild. Because that, that's why they're getting rid of Ziggy Ansah. They're letting him walk. They're rebuilding. So I think they, they screwed the pooch on that one. But I can see why they held off. And if they traded him, they would have saved like $28 million. Because he's the highest paid quarterback. Well, not anymore because Aaron Rodgers. But he was the highest paid quarterback in the NFL. I think the Lions screwed up greatly yeah. on this. Um, Matt Stafford, to me, now I, I like Matt Stafford, but to me, he's the most overrated quarterback in football. I agree. Um, if you look at the reason why he throws for so many yards, they haven't had a run game in Detroit, and I cannot tell you how long. So he's forced to throw the ball 40 times a game. Mm-hmm. So eventually you're going to throw for 40 yards or 40, 40 times for 300 yards, and yeah, you're going to throw three touchdowns, but you're he you're going to do that when you're coming back from a deficit all the time. Yeah, you know? and he, he turns the ball over a lot. Um, I, I Like I said, I like Stafford, but he has not lived up to the hype, and he is – over, I think the most overrated quarterback, him or Kirk Cousins. Those are the two, I think, most overrated quarterbacks in football. Um, so I think the Lions should have taken that first-round pick, and who knows what else. We just know that there's, there was a first-round pick involved. And it's time to start something else. And again, yeah. like you said, with Patricia being a new coach, get a quarterback that is young and going to learn your system and fit your system. Especially now. like you got that first season under your belt. And they believe in you. You didn't do that bad. You held your own against the teams of the division. And what they finish? Like 7-9? and 8-8? Eight and eight, Something like that? Mm-hmm. They, so you proved yourself, man. You, you, they know what they're getting out of you. Start the rebuild. Yeah, I agree. Speaking of rebuilds, that brings us into our next thing. Last time we had Mooch on, we were talking about the Jets, since he's a Jets fan. And also because they're one of the hottest teams this offseason to talk about. But I brought up the idea to Mooch last time that the Jet, what if the Jets traded back? to get more picks, and it looks like that's what they're trying to do because McCagnan said today that the number three pick is up for grabs and they're looking to sell and go back. What is your opinion on that, Mooch? I think they're looking to just pick up, get generally overall good team picks instead Mm -hmm. of choosing one position, one skill position that they think. They're not going to go for that big-name receiver or the big-name running back because they just got – Bell, so yeah. that's off the that's off the thing. Their defense right now is looking pretty solid, so they're trying to look for 
smaller players that are just going to help the team and make certain yeah. positions And that better. goes back to, like, what I always say and what you agree with me on is just building, a, a, you know, like a solid team all around. Overall, right. Yeah, overall. You don't want to focus on one guy. That, and that's what the Giants did. They focused on one guy last year, and that was Saquon Barkley and Odell. And you, you can't do that. you got to spread the ball. I think uh, Odell and Saquon um, came up with, like, 70% of the offensive touches last year. Can't have that. I mean, yeah. you can't spread that around evenly. I, Sooner seems, or later, people are going to know who's the yeah, ball going exactly. to. Exactly. And if you're in a situation like the Jets were last year, yeah, you draft by need, and that's what they did. They needed a quarterback. They went out and got him. That's something the Giants can learn because they did it reversed. Last year, they needed a quarterback, but they drafted the best player available. Back, now, yeah. this year, they need a quarterback again. They have two picks in the first round, and Shermer came out today and said that the Giants are going by best available player and not by biggest need. So they have two picks, and they're going to screw it up again. So, I, I don't know. Yeah. I mean, the Bears, they rebuilt perfectly, I think. They're going to be good for a long time. They're just going to keep adding key pieces. The Jets are on the come up. I know we talk about our favorite teams a lot on here, but... It's our podcast. It's obviously what we're going to do. This is what interests us. You know, we're going to talk about our teams. And honestly, these are the three biggest teams to talk about. I'm, the Bears, not so much, but, you know, the New York, the market. Everybody's paying attention to the Giants and the Jets, especially in the area we live in. But I really think the Giants could probably take a page out of the Jets' book and the Bears' book right now on how to rebuild. They just seems to me that they don't have a competent GM. Um, as Just going back to the Jets, uh, I think the Jets' biggest need is, in my opinion, and I said this last podcast, is at receiver because I don't think they have a go-to, a go-to guy. Yeah. Yeah. But well, they have a new eye, I like a new eye. But to me, you can't take a, a receiver at three. There's no. no receiver worth taking at three. I mean, no. the last time they did that, it was, um, what's his name? Out of USC. Uh, Keyshawn Johnson. Oh, yeah. They drafted him in the top ten. And we know how that turned out. They traded him to the Bucks in like three years. (laughs) So my thing is you trade back. You could probably get, uh, you know, another boatload of picks for the three pick. And then there's going to be a good receiver at the end of the first round. That goes late. There's always. I think that this draft is stacked at receiver. In every position. Yeah. Every position, I think it's deep in. So you can you can trade back, and they can still get themselves a number one receiver without a doubt, or number two, you know, yeah. whatever they're looking for, and and fill those other needs. So at this point, if you're drafting in the top five, all right, you need to know like this guy. I need him. He's gonna fill every, like the the glaring hole that we have, and I just think. The Jets' biggest hole, in my opinion, is receiver, and I just don't think you can take a receiver at three. Like, DK Metcalf is is awesome, but he's not worthy of the third-round pick. There's so many better players that yeah. teams are going to want and give you a boatload yeah, of picks for Yeah, he was also combine-wise, like number-wise, but you look at his season stats, and we where were looking at he? his receptions, and yeah. it's like, I think he had like 60 receptions like total or something yeah. like, like that. Where you was know? he? You know, yeah. Ole Miss wasn't a bad team, but this guy went missing at times, you know, whether it be... I don't know. He, looked, they, he was in the SEC, so I get they they got locked down corners like Greedy Williams at LSU. But still, man, you're you're playing opposite of another first round receiver in AJ Brown. Where was he at times? He he kind of went missing. So to me, that's like a de- a developmental pick. Like so, you got to take him later in the round. But if I'm the Jets, man, like you said, a glaring hole receiver. But they also need offensive line. Yeah. Only 
They only got one guy, and he's 30 The already. backbone of... Yeah. You know, Osamelli's the only team. guy they got this year, and they let two guys go. And that's what I'm saying. So you trade back, and you can get mm-hmm. your receiver. Maybe they get two first-round picks or something like that. I do. I think them trading with the Raiders for 24 and 27 is a perfect match. And you probably get more picks from them, too. Yeah, and you can you can take two You could take that receiver, take a line, or take two linemen, because there's going to be receivers in the second round. Debo Samuel is my favorite receiver in this draft, and, and he's, he's a projected second, third, third yeah. rounder. Yeah. Like, Debo Samuel, I think, in my opinion, I've watched I've watched him play actually a lot, and I don't watch a lot of college mm-hmm. football, but he was, uh, South Carolina is on TV quite a bit, and I've watched him play a lot, and I've really, really, he's really good. liked the way he plays. Nikhil Harry, too. From uh, Arizona State, the Jets have been linked to him since the beginning of last yeah. season, and they're like, "Oh, he's going to be a top ten pick because that's where the Jets are going to be." No, nobody else is looking at him. You know, wait, you just take him later. And there's, there's, I feel like skill positions like receiver and running back are there are all, a dozen, yeah, man. and they're any, always, yeah. you know, you could find one undrafted. Mm-hmm. Uh, Arian Foster is my favorite undrafted running back, yeah, and he, guy, he's probably one of the better running backs of this decade. Yeah, without right. a doubt. So I, I think the Jets will be fine, and I think, like Luke said, I think you know, I think they're doing it the right way, and I think the Jets are going to make a major turnaround. I think. If they don't finish one, I think they'll finish two in that division this year, in my honest opinion. Yeah. I, I, I'm i going to go ahead and say it again because I've said it last time and the last few times. The Jets are going to – they're on the come up. I just hope they don't screw it up because from this year until, like, the next two seasons, they have a lot of young guys under contract. they got a lot of cap space. I'm not saying they, – they shouldn't just blow their load on one person, you know. Like, Le'Veon Bell, that was a splash. But every everybody thought he was going to get that $100 million like he wanted – they smartly signed him. Yeah, they got yeah. him for a half or a, a right price. Yeah. Like it wasn't like they broke the. They they spent a lot of money on him, but they didn't. You know, yeah. o- four, they didn't overdo it. Four years, fifty five is not bad. No, for a guy that his caliber, not bad. And, and I guarantee you, he's gonna have the best season of his career. And as long as he performs, he'll yeah. see more than that. Dude, you know? he's refreshed, and you know what? He kind of makes up for the lack of receiver on the Jets. He had eighty five receptions his last season for the Steelers. And kind of like Ingram, you can't put the age. On like you can't say oh Bell is this old not that he's old but he's this old like he's only got this many years he missed he just missed a whole year yeah he's been suspended a bunch of times so you know he's, he's pretty fresh I would say yeah he's younger than what his age appears if and like that you makes were saying sense. with Ingram he's twenty nine but he still has fresh legs man mm-hmm. you know like we said previously he lost his job to Pierre Thomas when he was first drafted so he didn't play much he was suspended the first four games of last year so you know he he said he did his time splitting carries. And splitting carries is probably, like, having a dual uh, running back system is probably the best for your team anyway. You spell your star guy when he needs to be spelled. And that's why the Browns are, like, they're perfect in that situation. They have three starting running backs that can start for any team in the NFL. Yeah, I agree. Um, So, NFL 2019 rule changes. Yeah, I, I saw this today. It was pretty interesting. So, I have them here. Rule number one. The this is, these are all um, approved by the competition committee. So rule number one, uh, the expanded protection to a defensive play or defenseless player. That means you know if a guy's not looking, you can't crack back block him. They're actually going to enforce that more this year. And also a receiver that's up in the air, you can't take him out legs first. And then there are changes to the enforcement of double fouls when there is a change of possession. Uh, I'm not sure what that means. Well, I guess we're going to see what that is. Um, they've also simplified the application of scrimmage kick rules for missed field goals. And last, they're going to allow teams to elect to enforce on the succeeding try or the uh, free kick of an opponent um, for unsportsmanlike conduct foul during a touchdown. I guess that's like celebrations and stuff like that. 
and then picking the spot where the ball is. I'm going to be honest with you. None Besi- of that made sense. Besides to me. the first one, none of it made sense. Yeah. But so. I th- I, the reason I brought those out was A, to like inform us about the new rule changes, and B, why do they make it sound like it's an Einstein rule or something? <laughs> Put that in layman's ter- terms so like people like us can understand it. So I'm just going to say... I sounded like a baffling idiot reading that. <laughs> I'll, learn, I'll learn about the rules when one of the refs messes yeah, it up yeah. when he throws a flag. In the middle of the game, you're like, what is he talking yeah, about? And they bring in Mike Piera, and, and he doesn't even know what's going on let, because yeah, the rule changed. Let Tony Romo explain it to me, please. Yeah. Um, so then the, the last... Well, we have two more things. First thing, Bears and Packers open the season again. Uh, I think you got to go with them to open it up. You know, they played each other 199 times in the past. This is the 100th season. They're two of the most classic teams. And sometime this season, they're obviously going to play for the 200th time. I think that's pretty cool. And they had a hell of a first week. I mean, the Bears blew it last year, but that was a hell of a game. And so, I mean, I'm so for it because I cannot wait to see Aaron Rodgers poop his pants again. Uh, when he plays Chicago, because yeah, they're, they're just gonna the put last... him on his like painkillers. <laughs> yeah, but the second time they played, Rodgers had no answer for Dude, Chicago. The first time they played, he was zonked. Bro. I know. So what happened? Uh, my knee. My knee. <laughs> that was great. Uh, oh, but, but that's not happening anymore. The Bears are going to rule that division for now on. Aaron Rodgers, take a seat. I, I sure hope so, man. <laughs> You've been depressed about the Bears since the last time they made the Super Bowl. Well, we just talked about this, and I think in the last podcast. You know, you've lived a really good fan life. I have. That's why I'm not so upset that the Giants suck. I've lived a horrible fan <laughs> life. Like, other than Vikings fans, I don't think, like, Chicago fans, unless you were born pre-85, know nothing about the Bears being good. And the Yankees, I mean, the Yankees are the Yankees, but, like, the Yankees really haven't been that good in the last... 10, 15 years. Like, they've been a good team, but they haven't, they've won one World Series in 09. So, they've been there. You know? Yeah, but they haven't won it. Yeah. So, Red Sox won four. Exactly. <laughs> so, uh, Giants, too. I mean, my, yeah. my basketball team is great. Dude, you don't even watch basketball. <laughs> you were just the first person to hop on the Warriors in 2K. Steph and Curry. Then, when, yeah, you just shot threes with Steph Curry the whole time. You didn't even know you had Clay Thompson. Oh, well, I. I was on the Warriors when they were still rocking the the ugly orange jersey. Baron <laughs> Davis was still on the team. Yep. Yeah, yeah, he was. Steph Curry was on the bench. I'd, I'd put Curry in and just splash away. Unbelievable. Um, so the last NFL, well, it's not even an NFL thing. It's AAF. Dude, this is good quality football. I'm enjoying this game that I watched. Probably one of the better games of the season. I will say, NFL that I've watched. haven't watched the games because weekends are a little busy and, you know, it's not NFL, but... I watch the highlights when I'm at work, and this finally made me realize Johnny Manziel sucks. He didn't even play. He pl- I know, but when he did, like, it just kills me because the other quarterback that played is better than Manziel. I don't think he's better. He just got there. <laughs> he's better. <laughs> he practiced with the team for three days. Dude. Is he going to start this week? Probably not because that guy obviously well, old. Single Singletary came out and said, oh, he's doing so great. He knows the offense so well. Yeah, he So does. why didn't he play? He's learning still, you know? <laughs> no. He only played three series. I, I'm sorry, Johnny Manziel. He, he was three for five, 48 yards and 20 yards rushing on, in three series. My thing yeah, is... And he's playing on the worst team in the AAF. <laughs> and the quarterback behind him still dude, did a better job. Okay, but dude, <laughs> I was watching that game and that left tackle, I, number 71, I don't know your name, I am sorry, but it's probably better that I don't. There was one play Manziel was... Dude, <laughs> there was one play Manziel was in, 
and he was hitting two seconds after he snapped the ball because it was a fake handoff. It was play action. The left tackle went straight instead of like going to the side, and he was looking behind him already. The, the, uh, the defensive end passed him. Well, he didn't even touch him. The line play in the AAF sucks. I mean, there's no doubt about it. I've seen it in all the games. There's like a couple good guys, and that's about it. But I'm sorry, Manziel has not been good at any level he's played at this far, except for college. So any pro, any pro level. I'm holding hope. Yeah, you can keep holding hope. Johnny Manziel is not even. He's better than Hackenberg, which isn't hard to do. I think all three of us are better than Hackenberg, and. Who's their other guy? Oh, Mettenberger got hurt. Mettenberger got hurt. He did get hurt. He's done. So, he got hurt but like, the, the second play of the game he started. I would say Mettenberger's probably the best one they got. Whoa. But now the guy that just... He lost his starting job to Hackenberg. No, he didn't. Well, in the beginning of the year, and then yeah. he took it, and then he balled out, and then he got hurt. But still, he lost it at a camp. At the end, Yeah, but anybody can practice well. Yeah, I guess. And Hackenberg uh, practices well. You know that, that's true because Warren Buckley was a he was a practice. Oh my <laughs> god, he's throwing shade at kids we went to school with. Oh my god, <laughs> I, dude, I remember he he knocked Joe out. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, Joe's an Ella, poor guy. Wherever you are, what's up, buddy? Um, all right. So, anything else for football you guys want to add? Nah, I just want to move on to baseball. I'm excited. Opening day is on Thursday, a day we will be recording. We're gonna have the Buffalo Wild Wings set up. Two computers, two TVs, four <laughs> different games. I'm excited. I just planned that right now for us. So. Where are we doing that at? Uh, here at my Lamode, my Mikasa. <laughs> All right, <laughs> we'll we'll figure that out. When is that's got it's coming up right? Two Thursday. days. Thursday. Two days. I All just right. said Thursday. Oh, I thought you meant next. Yeah, it is Thursday. Damn. Uh, all right. Came fast, bro. Yeah, it did really. It really did. Uh, <laughs> um. So. A lot of stuff has happened since our last episode again. So Chris Sale, Justin Verlander, and now Jacob DeGrom all signed big extensions. So Sale got five years, 150. Verlander got two years, 66, uh, which is the, the highest salary for a pitcher in, in baseball. Yes, sir. Um, and then DeGrom, five years, uh, $137.5 million. And then we got to add Kyle Hendricks to that, yeah. who got... Four years, fifty-five million, which is hilarious because all these other guys are in the hundreds and he's in fifty. But yeah, Hendricks but like, is he, good. He's good, but he's that next tier down. You know, he's not that superstar pitcher. He's good and consistent, but he's not Chris Sale or Justin Verlander or Degrom. I would take Kyle Hendricks. Well, all right, I'm not gonna say that, but Kyle Hendricks in the playoffs is filthy. Yeah, yeah, he's ground ball pitcher. That's normally good in the playoffs. But you know, Chris Sale got five years, one hundred fifty million from the Red Sox. He was due to be a free agent after the season, so it was about time to get that done anyway. I honestly could not see him in another uniform. No. He he, he fits the Boston yeah, persona so he well. He is the Red Sox mold, you know. He, he could fit on the 2004 team. He's like that Cal- gritty, like, yeah. guy. Dude, he toes the slab every fifth day, even when he's hurt. You know, he just, Or they put him on the 10-day. Yeah. And don't let him pitch in the second half because he sucks. <laughs> right. But he does the damn thing, does he No, not? he does, he yeah. does. He I can... I could see them, like, another guy that fits that team is, like, Bumgarner. I could see Bumgarner Dude, going if, to Boston. Oh, bro. He's going to be a free agent. He's not even that. If they trade for him, you just made me pop a chubby. So, <laughs> dude, if they get Madison Bumgarner and they got Chris Sale and a revitalized David Price, I'm but, all in. But tell me he doesn't fit that mold, he too. Does. Like, he's the same, he, like, he's same that, guy. Dude, he's the same guy because they don't care. They'll fight people. They don't yeah. care, you know? They're that, that big redneck. Like, yeah. that's what they are. Yeah, that's and what so, the Red Sox are. That is the persona. Which is so weird because Boston people are not like that. But <laughs> no, for whatever reason, but that's the persona the, of the team. Yeah, for some reason, the team's always just like, 
scumbaggy yeah. and i love it they, they definitely are and so and it's so Alfie, funny because yeah right <laughs> everyone keeps saying how like the yankees are linked to bumgarner there's no he does not fit that atmosphere no, they, whatsoever he's not gonna go there just like bryce harper wasn't gonna go there because he likes having a little dirt on his face too yeah it i don't know man. yeah they just they're not gonna get the dirt bags no yeah and i, I you know in my honest opinion i don't think bumgarner would play well in new york dude that's just not his no, atmosphere um so yeah so i mean i I'm happy for all those guys. I, even as even though as a Yankee fan, I like Chris Sale, mm-hmm. I, Jacob Degrom. It's about time. I mean, he's been the yeah. best pitcher you know, in baseball. I, I got a bone to pick with a little certain somebody that's on the radio. I listen to this guy every day. I know Michael he used K? to throw. Yep, Michael K. Michael K. I, K screw you, dude. I, I know. I know. We used to always throw shade at this guy, but I was listening to him for good reason. Yeah, he was saying that it was the stupidest move that they could have done, and like the highest risk and lowest reward like contract they could have done because he had. Two seasons left before he's a free agent. I, I get it. I, I get why you say that, why it's different for uh, player or pitchers compared to position players. I get it. But if he's your guy, you do it. So if this was Aaron Judge, Michael Kay would have been perfectly fine with oh, it. Oh, yeah. If it was Luis Severino, perfectly fine with it. Look at where the Yankees are at now with Severino. He's on the shelf. There's always a risk, yes, with pitchers because they have the higher risk of blowing their arm out. But if it's your guy, this guy threw for sub two. And regardless of if he's going to be 33 years old by the time his contract's up, it doesn't matter. Yeah, who cares? That guy, he, that if you don't sign him, he's more likely to sit out and not play for your team, you know? So pay the man his money, make sure he's happy, and surround him with good players, help them win. If it's your guy, you, you let him go. You tow the slab every day, you help him out. And the new GM being the agent, I think that helped it. Yeah, yeah, I really... DeGrom is one of the, again a good person in baseball. He works his ass off and he's fun to watch. I mean the guy is a horse. Um so he totally deserves it and Verlander as well. It's nice to see an older guy. You know, he's kind of revitalized his career cuz you would if you would have told me this 3 years ago, 4 years ago, like, nah, Verlander's done. Don't yeah, give him that. His career looked to be done and he's revitalized and now he's making 33 a year. Mm-hmm. Um so happy for him. Uh, Kyle Hendricks, I, I love Kyle Hendricks, but going back to the sale um, extension, so it's kind of good news if you're a Red Sox fan, but it also, it also is bad news. Yeah, yeah, I took it with a grain of salt because we have so many core guys that are. are there's not, we, only so much money to yeah, spend. There's only so much money, and you you already see this year that the Red Sox are close to that luxury tax fine. And I I apologize for saying we because I bash people all the time. I'm not claimed on their taxes. I'm not a part of the Red Sox, so you're not I backtrack that we. No, I just look like I, I thought you used be, to pitch for them. Yeah, I just look like Craig Kimbrell. But even <laughs> even I'm a free agent now. See, the Red Sox they, they didn't have enough money for me. So, but that's where I'm getting to, man. You got Rick Porcello coming off the books, Xander Bogarts, JD Martinez. I almost said JD Drew. He was also a Red Sox. Very good one too. But JD Martinez, he has that opt out clause. He has two opt out clauses. So we'll see what he does. And finally, Rusny Castillo can opt out, but I highly doubt he will. <laughs> yeah, why dude, would he? <laughs> dude, he's getting paid $14.5 million to not be on the 40-man and just live life in Pawtucket. I want that job. I, yeah, I want his job. <laughs> I, I want his the job. The ideal job. Uh, it, it, but like I said, they got X-Men. You know, he's coming off the books. He's been a, a huge part of the Red Sox, like, come around. Ever since he's been called up from 2013. He, they built around him. Mookie Betts wasn't even supposed to be the guy. Xander Bogarts was supposed to be the guy. And I think he finally came full circle last year was yeah. his best year, without Dude, a doubt. Dude, everybody was like, oh, he had a low average. He had 25 home runs and 100 RBIs. Yeah. You know, and 
Jackie Bradley's coming off the books too. So you can only spend so much money to keep so many guys. And I think, unfortunately, that Xander Bogarts' time after this year in Boston is over. And you I think? know, and I know for a fact Porcellos is done too. Yeah, because you got you got to save money for Mookie. You got to save money for Benintendi when his time comes. You got to save money for Petey's coming off the books eventually in two years, I think. And then, that can't come fast enough, huh? I, I love Petey, so I'm not gonna be mad at how much they pay him, even if he does. He's he's a player coach, you know, so. He helps develop guys. Even when he's not like on the active roster, he's there coaching. So he's always there. So I think his his money's well deserved anyway. Um, it may be a lot, but it's all right. And Jackie Bradley too, man. He's coming around as well. You know, he's that defensive guy. Like everybody, you rely on him to make those plays. And and he's the guy that we kind of I chose to mm-hmm. be that breakout guy for the Red Sox yeah. this upcoming year. And like I always say, I'm a, I'm a team builder guy instead of one superstar guy. You know. Uh, Mookie Betts, they're probably going to spend a lot of money to keep him. That means Bogarts, sorry, bud, but we'll see you later. Good luck in the future. Um, And kind of still talking about free agency here, this is what makes me like Mike Trout this much more. Mike Trout did not want to test free agency, so he's smart because if you've seen – if you're a baseball fan and have followed any free agency stuff – Free agent market is not what years. it used to be. Yeah, the last two years, guys. Y- you have a better shot at getting an extension like this, like it's been going on the last week, mm-hmm. than getting signed in free agency. If yeah. you hit free agency, that's a problem. Yeah, that means bad. that the team doesn't want you and the other teams probably don't want to pay for you. So he saw this. It was a red flag for him, and he wanted to be an angel for life. So even though there's all those rumblings how he's a Philly boy, Mike Trout will always be t- – uh, be a Philly boy. Like, that's mm-hmm. never going to go away. Whether he's playing in the West Coast or not, like, he's yeah. always going to have ties to Philly. He's always going to come back. You're always going to see him with Carson Wentz. Yeah, and he's yeah. always going to be at Eagles yeah. games. And but that So him being an angel now never affected Affect that, that now. Yeah. So yeah. Why, would he, why would he have to go to Philly to be that? Like, yeah. he doesn't. Yeah, he's, he's always going to be loved there. He marches to his own drum, you know? Yeah, so he wanted to be an angel for life, and I applaud him for that because we do not see too many guys stay with one franchise yeah, for the rest he, of their he career. Yeah, he saw, you know, guys that are close to his potential and, like, his caliber and Machado and Harper struggle to find jobs. So he didn't want to go through that. He figured, hey, I'm here. I got two years left. Let's cancel those two. And, you know, I'm in this for the long haul. Just pay me, and we'll see what we can get done. And and who knows? I mean, by the end of his contract, maybe he plays another year or two with another franchise. But when, at the end of the day, no one's going to ever remember those two years. Like, yeah. do you remember, like, the last three teams Jason Giambi played on? I do. Like, the, it was like the Rockies, Rockies Indians. Indians. And he went back to the athletics. Yeah, all right. So those, but, like, most people that are just generic fans probably They're wouldn't know that. that. Yeah. All right, you're going to remember who he played for at that time, so hey, or, or his already, best years. Dude, he's only 26 right now, going to be 27, and he's already one of the greatest players of all time. Oh, yeah, hands down. Already. Already. Like, he's got I, nothing to prove. He has really he has nothing. He could retire today and be a Hall of Famer, just solely off of war, which I don't like that stat. <laughs> you bring but, this up every podcast. <laughs> yeah, I, I hate that stat. It's stupid. It's like they definitely favor center fielders, and I get it. They got the most ground to cover, whatever, blah, blah, blah. But – and even if I don't like war, he's only been in the league for six, seven years, and he already has a higher career war than Vlad Guerrero and Barry Bonds. And Barry Bonds is, I think, in my opinion, is the greatest player ever. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I, I've always liked, like, Pete Rose. I look at Pete Rose's numbers. Yeah. I wouldn't say he's the greatest ever, but if you're talking hits king, I mean, Pete, 
I don't think anybody ever gets close to what Pete <laughs> Rose said, did. You said Hits King, and I thought you were referring to me as like Jerry the King Lawler. <laughs> <laughs> if you're talking Hits King, <laughs> I thought you were JR for a second. Um, oh, man. So, also, Jose Ramirez was carted off the field the other day. That looked nasty. He fouled the ball off his it knee. Did look pretty bad. Um, but everything came back negative, so he's just listed day to day. Uh, it could be bad for the uh, Indians, though, depending how long it comes back, because they're already missing Francisco Lindor. Yeah, I think if they're, if they're missing both of them for the first month, which, you know, Francona already said, it's not looking bad. It's just a bruise. He'll be slotted in for game uh, opening day unless something else happens. But if, they missing those, if they're missing those two guys, they're in trouble. Yeah, that's a big I, problem. I mean, that division's up for, like, up for grabs, and it's basically the Indians anyway. But I think that first month, if they suck, which they're not really that good outside of those two guys, I, I think it could be a big issue. Yeah, and uh, that means Cargo, who is also my breakout player, mm-hmm. is going to go off and hit those 30 home runs, I said. I don't, I don't see it. <laughs> I, I don't see it. Um, and then Scooter Jeanette is also out for two to three months now. I feel like Scooter Jeanette's a stud, but you I feel like he gets hurt that, quite a bit. Yeah, he does. And I think that's why the Brewers were so, you know. Leery on keeping him. Yeah, they were so leery on keeping They let him go, and they were like, all right, let's just. Kicking with the curb, no remorse. But he's a stud, bro. He's one of the top second basemen in the league. Now he's going to be out two to three months. So that's a big hit for the Reds. But that's also a good opportunity for Nick Senzel. He was my guy for the Reds to watch out for. Yep. Uh, but he didn't even make the team yet, he, did he? He's, I, he's, well, he's now with the injury, down. I don't know. He could now, but, I mean, he was getting a lot of work in the outfield. So I don't know Yeah. I don't know what they're going to do with that. They're, they're looking at him early on as, like, a utility guy, second, third, outfield. But they didn't we'll even see. they didn't even keep him on the team. Yeah, we'll see. Um, well, we also saw Eloy Jimenez hasn't gotten called up yet, and he signed that big deal. What they're trying to do is that twelve game thing, so they get the extra year. Yeah, um, Devin Mezzarocco, talk about a freaking free fall. Yo, this guy, he was a stud when he first for like, came. No, it was, but it was only for like two years. Yeah, that's all. You, that's all you really need as a catcher to establish, uh, like establish yourself. Uh, and, Devin Mezzarocco got cut by the Mets and offered a minor league uh, spot. He declined as a free agent, so he's contemplating retirement. I just can't believe he's hit. He's completely hit rock bottom. I would say. Um, but it, it's tough, though, being a catcher, and he had two hip surgeries. So I, I, I understand. And maybe, you know, he's hinting at retirement. Maybe it is time to, you know, hang it up. If he doesn't, you think anybody picks him up? Uh, no. Not minor league. <laughs> I no, mean, maybe I like a so. team desperate for a catcher that had an injury to their backup or something, but I think even then there's probably better options at this point. Yeah. It, even in your in your minor leagues. Like, I know, like, if Austin Romine went down and was out for the year, like, they're not going to go look for Des- Devin Mezzarocco. They're going to just take Kyle Higashioka. I mean, that's just, So, I, I don't know. It's just sad because he was a stud. He was an all-star, and then he just fell off. Mm-hmm. Um, so then speaking of the Yankees... Boy, I thought this was screwed up, dude. Well, let me say something. I praise Brian Cashman so much, and this, there are some things that Brian Cashman has done this offseason that have me scratching my head. Questionable. Yeah, (laughs) so first off, Tyler Wade can play short, he can play second, and he can play all three outfield positions well. Now, he doesn't... Defensively, he's very good. He doesn't hit the best, but... They gave him the the job to get better at hitting. And what did he do this spring? He hit over 300. Mm-hmm. Um, he's ridiculously fast. So the Yankees haven't had a good base stealer since Young Gardner, which hasn't been forever. 
And so Tyler Wade was going to bring that super utility dynamic to the team, especially with a team that has some injuries with Aaron Hicks being out. And instead, Tyler Wade doesn't make the team. So he doesn't make the 25-man. He's sent down, obviously pissed. He came out and said it in his uh, interview that he did, which I totally agree with because they went with a guy, um, Talkman. Talk, uh, talk. Yeah, he's a 28-year-old rookie. 28-year-old rookie hit 150 last year and did not hit a home run. I think he had like five RBIs. Talkman sucks. And so he sucks. <laughs> like, I have no other way to put it. They're, they came out and said that they think this is going to be this This guy is going to be their, this year's Luke Voigt. Yeah, Aaron Boone said that today on the radio when he was getting interviewed. Are you stupid? What the hell are you watching? Bro, you know it's not Aaron Boone. As I said before we got on air, it's like all the analytics. He doesn't even, he's just a puppet master. Or not even the puppet master. He's a puppet. Well, me and Master Splinter have been saying this forever that, yeah. you know, Aaron Boone is without a doubt. Brian Cashman's puppet, and it's just it goes to show. I mean, how do you not take Tyler Wade, who had he was a he hit he had better numbers than yeah. almost anybody else there as far as overall numbers, and he played a great outfield. And instead, they're banking on this Talkman guy, and they're they're banking on Gardner being able to play center field every day. And Gardner is not a starting outfielder in baseball anymore. Well, another move that has me scratching my head with Cashman is they're all in on Tulo. Yeah, they are all in on Tulo. Yeah, they they think they Tulo, signed, dude. They signed DJ LeMahieu, who's been one of the better hitters. In the last five years, and they signed him for a pretty hefty deal, like three 40, years, forty million or yeah, something, something like that, like that yeah. to sit the bench. That don't make sense to me, bro. Well, the thing with that, the Lemayhu's gonna get traded. He's gonna get. They're gonna get to the deadline, and he's gonna get traded. They're gonna have an injury somewhere else. What if they trade Tulo if he does really well? But I think that they're so they got chubbies for too low, so I don't think that he's going anywhere. I think I think if he goes out and has an MVP year, they're gonna give him like a three year deal. Dude, I feel like <laughs> Cashman has always loved Tulo. Well, Tulo's always wanted to be a Yankee, yeah. so th- it's like that mutual interest. And so if Tulo goes out and hits two fifty and hits twenty twenty five homers, that's a success. They're giving him yeah, I know. I would, I, honestly, but they're gonna I'd give him a three year. De- I would give him two years out of that. But then he's gonna come back next year and shatter his leg again or something. Hey, and this it's his toes. Toe man. no, it's actually his heels. He had oh, double heel yeah. surgery. Poor um, guy. <laughs> so I don't know. Like there's just certain things and they can't afford to. Sp- you let Tulo play this year. When Didi comes back, get rid of his ass. Well, I'm on the same boat as you. So I'm not even a Yankees fan. I just I don't understand what's going on there. But moving a little north to their rivals, the Red Sox have finally, finally solved their catching quarrels. They carried three catchers for like the last two seasons, and finally they have only gone down to two. And the one is one of my favorite players, Blake Swihart. Finally got that backup job. He plays first base as well. He plays left and right field. So he's kind of like a catcher utility guy. So he adds depth to the bench. Sandy Leone, I thank you. I tip my cap to you. You've been great. You've been calling perfect games for the Red Sox for the last couple seasons. I like Leone a lot. He is, but, you know, it's just time. It's time. You, they either lose out on Swihart and his potential. He's still young. He's only 26. So you either lose out on him and because you, you got to trade him if you're cutting him. He's out of waiver options. Like, Cue the Titanic music. Yeah. <laughs> As he's as Sandy Leon's leaving, yeah, dude. But it's it's time, bro. He's like, Sandy Leon's thirty two. He, he could help another team. He could be a backup somewhere, you know. I, 
Thank you, Sandy Leone. But it was time. Blake Swihat, let's do it, dude. <laughs> well, you also got another... Oh, another, uh, God. This, you, you talk about head scratchers? <laughs> Tyler Thornburg is the worst pitcher in the league. They traded Travis Shaw, who is a perennial all-star now, for Tyler Thornburg. They did. And Thornburg has probably pitched, what, 10 innings for the Red Sox in three seasons? Not enough. Not enough. Exactly. He has not pitched enough. Dude, Travis Shaw would have been the answer at first base for the Red Sox. Right he now. probably would have better been a better pitching option. Yeah, he actually what, did pitch pretty well Thornburg for the Red Sox in the time that. He, <laughs> but just to throw some stats at you, Tyler Thornburg, Boyg. I always want to say Thornbug. So do I. That's how I just said, kind of said it. But he had a 10.50 ERA this year, and six or in the, this spring, and six innings pitched with six walks and six Ks. Yep. Meanwhile, they had. A young lefty, Darwin's in Hernandez, who was also another guy I said to watch out for the Red Sox. This kid was a stud. A .82 ERA, 11 innings pitched, and 12 Ks. That must have been a tough decision to, you know... Obviously, it was clearly tough. Compare, they, yeah, comparing they, the numbers, they're pretty unbelievable, close. Unbelievable, man. Those he, numbers are pretty close. I don't know. Alex Cora, just bring me another ring. We're cool. I, I just think the Red Sox are going to struggle this year, not based on their offense, but I think they are they have so many question marks at in their bullpen. I, Matt Barnes and Brazier did all right last year. Workman was good, too. But you got to have more than three guys. You yeah. got to. I mean, especially nowadays. I mean, every team has, you know, four or five guys that can come out of their bullpen and, and sling it. So They did add Colton Brewer from the Padres, though. Who's the, who the hell's the other guy that they have that uh, he always got the dirty hair? Uh, what's Kenny his Powers himself. Yeah, what's his? Heath Embry. Yeah, Embry. He Heath. is garbage. He's bad. I feel like every time he plays the Yankees, he gets destroyed. He's bad. Um, moving on, some more baseball stuff. We got uh, a lot of stuff today. Yeah, we do. This is a long one, so if you're listening, stay tuned. There's more good stuff coming. Yeah, listen to half now and half later. Dude, two drives going home, bro. Two and fro work, bro. <laughs> yep. Traffic always hits at some point. Yep, especially if you work in the Jersey area. Or, you know, if you switch it from biceps to triceps, like <laughs> Mooch listens to us when Cardio he's working out. Yeah. The day. Cardio, dude, you know, just listen, tune in. Um, so the giant CEO is suspended by the MLB uh, until July for video of aggressively grabbing wife in public. Bro, did you see this video? No, it I didn't. came out I've like a month ago. It, it, yeah, TMZ dropped it. It came out a while ago, and they finally just came to a decision now. But I think it was the the his wife definitely dragged it a little bit. Did she flop? Yeah, <laughs> she flopped. <laughs> <She's laughs> flop. Like I'm, I, I hate like domestic violence. I have no like you know respect for people that are anything that tied with that. I do not. I can't stand that shit, and that's the only time I'm gonna curse from now on. Uh, we're trying to keep it clean nowadays here, but this, you're, you're allowed dude, one slip up. Yeah, bro. They, they, had, they had an argument <laughs> in public. They were it. out eating, and this dude stood up to like grab her arm and be like, "Hey, let's go." I guess he did it aggressively. It didn't seem that bad in the video, but the the wife like fell. <laughs> she flopped and she going ah! just like screaming at the top of her lungs. Help me! Like, dude, it was crazy. And some guys are like, oh, shit, let me videotape it instead of helping. And that, that's all it is. Like, And then he got suspended until July. That kind of sucks. Yo, I got an idea. What's that? So for the podcast, okay, let us know how you feel about this idea. What's we, the idea? We're going to grab a dollar, okay? Are every, we poop dollar people? No. Every, <laughs> time, every time you say a curse word, you have to hand the dollar off. So a swear jar, basically. Yeah, and then whoever... 
finishes with the dollar gets to keep it. Keep it. That's pretty cool. I like that. <laughs> yeah. So I, like that. I would have the dollar right now because you just dropped two curse words in five. All right. Like all five right. Next episode, we'll do that. We'll do that. Um, or something like that. Yeah. I, it doesn't have to be a dollar, but we'll figure it out. Um, speaking of criminal actions. Oh, uh, this next one's kind of sad, though. Yeah. No. I've always been a fan of this guy. Todd Helton checked into a rehab center after a DUI drove truck into a pole on March 18th. What are you uh, doing? What Come on, Todd. Come God. on, Todd. Make better decisions. Uh, yeah, I mean, I think that there's a lot of guys in all of sports that have, you know, some issues. Or you make a mistake. I mean. I'm pretty sure this is just a mistake. Man. I, I, I've never heard of Todd Helton getting in trouble for anything else. And again, it, never drink and drive. But sometimes yeah. people don't think. You do something right. stupid one time. You think, you know, maybe he had a couple be- – obviously, he must have been pretty intoxicated to drive <laughs> into a pool, but I mean, he, he had a couple drinks, and, you know, he felt like he was fine because we all feel invincible. You don't ever feel like it's going to be you. but I'm guilty of it sometimes, man. Like, I know they say buzz driving is drunk driving, but there's been times where I, you know, I had three, four beers, and I'm, I'm all right, and I drive, wheel, right? and I, yeah. I'm stupid enough to get behind the wheel. I try not to do that anymore. I've, I haven't done it recently. Just throwing it out there. I'm a safe driver. <laughs> so, moms, dads, if you're listening, your kids are safe on the road with me. I'll, I'll make sure to get you the license plate for Luke's car, and then uh, if he sits by got, you. It also just got switched, so it's different. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> um, going back to the DeGrom trade, Noah Syndergaard is pissed. Yeah, bro. I, <laughs> dude, I read he this. is pissed. He <laughs> want, I, it sounds like he wants out of there already. But you know what's funny? They had him. He's going to go Thor on them. Yeah, you're going to get the the, the hammer. Go, oh! oh! There goes the effort. I lost the dollar again. <laughs> you owe me like uh, and I'm dollars. the one that wants to keep it clean. Yeah, I know. <laughs> oh, man. But, uh, yeah, he's, he's causing issues with the front office. He doesn't want to do this preseason tour that they're doing to introduce the new uh, AAA affiliate in Syracuse. But I found it so ironic and hilarious. They were delayed. Their flight to Syracuse was delayed three hours after he said all this. <laughs> they probably did it on purpose. Yeah, dude, he must have been so pissed. And then today, when they get there, he's the flag carrier. He's running out with a Syracuse flag. <laughs> dude, they had to do that to piss him off, man. I got a better idea. Every that? time you say a curse word, we're just going to make a noise like, wee, wee, wee. <laughs> <laughs> I'm down. Either oh, one. Oh, my God. All right. Like SpongeBob dude, <laughs> uh, getting back on track. Byron Buxton has been lighting it up this spring and he's been a top prospect for probably the same amount of time as Mike Trout's been in the league because since he's up, been drafted yeah they've came up together they came up together and you know you always heard about uh Buxton and Trout Buxton and Trout and Buxton was supposed to be Mike Trout he was supposed to be better than Mike Trout and he just hasn't like you know none of his potential came to fruition is this the year no right now he's hitting 444 with an OBP of 440 or 488 and a slugging of 861. He's got four dingers, 15 ribs, and four stolen bases. As I've said before, I don't take any stock into spring training. Uh, I mean, you honestly, just watching spring training, you see more scrubs pitching than you do top of the rotation guys. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Like Byron Buxton, to me, is always going to be an above-average fielder. Um, he's he won Gold Glove last year, didn't he? He's gonna have above average speed, but I think he's. I think, in my honest opinion, he's kind of like Aaron Hicks. But I think Aaron Hicks is a little bit more well rounded. I think he's got a little bit more power than Buxton has. Um, I could see him hitting. I think. I think the the highest average I could see him hitting is two fifty. But if he can keep his on base percentage up at least, and maybe hit fifteen homers, I would say that's a success at this point for what he's yeah, produced if, so if far. I'm the man, if I'm Rocco Baldelli. All I want Buxton to do is just focus on getting in scoring position. 
Stretch those singles and the doubles. Get on get steel bases. Steals, yeah. Get the steals, like Mooch just said. Like If you're a, a player of that speed and that caliber, just do what you're good at. Don't try to do too much. You know, you were supposed to be this five-tool guy, but you're not. You know, BJ Upton went through the same. Sorry, Melvin. No, it's no, BJ. It's BJ Upton it's BJ again. again. <laughs> so BJ Upton went through the same thing. He he had a fall from grace too. He had what two, three good seasons where he hit twenty, close to thirty home runs. Mm-hmm. And then he's like, hey, you know what? I'm not this guy. Let me just steal some bases. So you get paid either way. Just, and now he's out of the league. Yeah, play towards your tools. That's all I gotta say. All right, so we had, last episode we did players to watch out for for each American League team. Bam! Now we're gonna go each National League team. All right, Ooh. we're gonna go through this quick. All right, all right, because we got we got a lot of stuff left. Let's start in the West. Uh, well, we're going NL East. I'm just gonna go down, ah! down here. Sorry. Uh, Guess I'm so dyslexic so today. Braves. All right. My play now. I'm I'm torn between two guys. I lo- I like Donaldson as like a comeback player. Mm. Um, but a lot of guys are having him win MVP. I think that he's going to have a turnaround year. I think he's finally healthy. Mm-hmm. Um, but my pick's going to be Colby Allard. Ooh. I've always been a huge Colby Allard fan since he? he's been drafted. Yeah, yeah. Um, and he has not lived up to hype. He actually pitched extremely well in the minor leagues. And then when he came up last year, I think he pitched, I would say, five or six games. And he actually struggled. But I don't know. There's something about I like Colby Allard. He always had that Clayton Kershaw comp, which is kind of cool. Um and he's got really good stuff, and he's still so young. So I think that hopefully, I don't know if he's going to start the, the year with them, but I'm hoping that they call him up at some point. And, you know, to me, I think that he's he's that pitcher. If they can get him on track because they already have a pretty good rotation. If they can keep him on track or get him on track, he could be a really good fourth or fifth starter. And he's only, I think, like 23. Mm-hmm. So and, th- and that's just right now. I mean, as he uh, hopefully he can keep progressing, but that's my pick for the Braves. I have two. For the Braves. I know, two. You, I know you want one, but I'm going two. Just because of their names. And, you know, they could be good. Especially the, the first one. Julio Terran. He is going to be... I think this is going to be his bounce back year. He's going to be great. And then the next X Factor right here. Are you ready? <laughs> Tuki Toisson. Oh, Tuki Toisson. I like him. No, no, no. It's Toisson. <laughs> okay. Kind of like you're eating a, a French donut. A croissant. Okay? <laughs> <laughs> they, dude... They go hand in hand. This guy's uh, he, he, dude. He pitched really well last year. He's got. Doesn't he have a funky delivery? Yeah, he's got a funky last name. <laughs> How does it, it go again? Tuki Toisson. <laughs> <laughs> that will never get old. I want you to say that every podcast from now. <laughs> Tuki Toisson. Yeah. Or do I gotta say like Tuki Toisson? I'm laughing. <laughs> I'm laughing at this thing. Yeah. Oh, but yeah, those are my guys. Uh, oh, Toisson. <laughs> so. <laughs> <laughs> my pick for the the Marlins is going to be Brinson because there's literally <laughs> no one else on that team. Um, so Brian I, Anderson, bro. Yeah, Anderson's good, but I think Brinson hit some nukes this spring again. Yeah. So I don't know. I, I like Brinson. He, you know, he was traded in that that Yelich deal. Mm-hmm. So I think it's time for him to you know show up. Yeah, I agree. I'm gonna go. Yeah, I like Brinson, but Brian Anderson, he's another key guy there. Did you see they cut Dan Straley? Yeah, did. Talk about a fall from grace. That guy was a top pitching prospect, and he got cut from the Marlins. Yeah, that's pretty bad. <laughs> God, poor guy. Uh, then we got the Mets. Uh, I'm going with the obvious, Peter Alonzo. That was going to be my pick. Yeah, that, that, he's the obvious, man. He mashed this spring. Yeah. And they're going to have him and uh, Smith. 
Ooh, you know, Smith did good well. Did good well. Good well. Yes. Good well. He did good well this spring. <laughs> he actually did. He did. That's why. I people... believe he took Tuki Toisson deep. <laughs> uh, he might do that often because they're in the same division. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, they actually didn't know if Alonzo would make the team because he's younger and Smith has major league experience and played so well. But I think Alonzo hits so well, there's no way you could not put him on the big league team. Yeah. Um, then we got the Phillies. Hmm. You want to make your first your pick first? <sighs> I already got mine for this one. Are you going to go with the obvious pick for the Phillies? Bryce Harper? <laughs> I, I'm not going with <laughs> Bro, Bryce is going to hit f- dude, 50 nukes. Easy. Dude, he has the most home runs. Uh, yeah, I can see it. And dude, he has the most home field. runs in any other field at, than, like, dude. Yeah, you mean he, he has more home runs more, than Citizens yeah, Bank I, I, than I'm any other field? Tongue-tied, I'm first. Tuki Dude, I'm thinking, I, I think I'm in France right now, bro. <laughs> French fries, Tuki Toisson, you know, who knows? <laughs> nah, but Bryce Harper, he's going to hit 50 nukes, so you can have your pick. I'm going to go... Oh, I didn't. Pick I, oh, I thought you said you could have your pick. I didn't yeah, pick Bryce Harper. Have, oh, oh, he's not your pick. No, he picked mm. Bryce Harper. Oh, Mooch, I'm Teflon going, Don. Uh, <laughs> oh, Dubel Herrera. I like that pick, but he's not Asian. I know. Oh, okay. <laughs> I'm just you know putting a little funk on like some shit. He eats Asian food sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> a little bit of Asian in him. Uh, my pick is going to be Michael Franco. I was going to pick him too. Michael Franco had actually a quietly good year last year for all the hate that he's gotten in Philly. Dude, everybody and was like, get him out of here. He didn't do that. No, he actually. He led the league in Grand Slams, but. Yeah, he, he did well, and uh, he's actually. <laughs> stop. He's actually, I think, going to do better because he's going to hit lower in the lineup with the star power that they got now. And he's going to see more fastballs, less breaking balls, less pressure off of him to do well because of the they lineup expected, they have. Yeah, they expected him to be Bryce Harper last year. I could see him going out and hitting 30 home runs this year. Yeah, I could just, just because there's no pressure on him. And then we got the Nationals, who Dude. I cannot believe where they ended Boom! up in the power rankings. Who? Trey Turner. He's good, but he's not my pick. <laughs> that, that's yeah, Mooch's pick. pick. How do you know who Trey Turner is? Bro, he, he watches, he watches. But I called it last. Dude, I, I told you. You did. I, I, told I, I gave you props on Twitter. I, I peeped it. I liked it. I liked it. Um, yeah, they're going to be a better team without Bryce Harper. Better team Who's without. The other one, Max. Max, Max Scherzer. Oh, yeah, yeah, he's great. But I'm, I think I'm going to go Juan Soto. Maybe does he follow Juan up last Soto. year? Or sophomore slump? I don't know. I think he follows it up. He's a stud. Yeah. Uh, Ooh, God, who I don't... think I know yours. I, you know, I have a better one. Brian Dozier. Comeback player, yeah. I lo- I always have loved Dozier, but I- mine's not like a come. It's not a player to watch out for because he's already always been good. But I'm gonna go Anthony Rendon. He's uh he's on a contract year, so I think he goes out, he mashes this year, and gets himself a hefty deal. I like it. I like it a lot. Uh, then we got the Cubs. I'm going Bote. Boat, Bote, David Bo- Boat, yeah, Bote, Tebote. I don't know. I don't, how know, I don't know how to say it either, but I like it. But I like a Spanish it. song that's called Tebote, and it's a great song. <laughs> <laughs> maybe you can do a snippet of that for us next. I, next nah, podcast. Maybe I'll, I'll have to learn the words. I don't even think you, <laughs> I, I sound so white saying Tebote. <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh, who's your pick for the Cubs? Kyle Schwarber. He hit a dinger today against the Red Sox. So comeback player. Yeah. Because he's been bad. Dude, he mashes righties. He just cannot hit lefties. That's his only issue. Um, I, I can see him hitting 30 home runs this year. Reds. I'm going to go Sonny Gray. Yeah, I was just about to say the same thing. I think Sonny Gray. Dude, he is was gonna, a stud this spring. Yeah, he's going to go out and just pitch phenomenal, go back to that Cy Young type pitcher he was. 
just because there's no pressure on him now. I mean, I think the Reds will be okay. I don't think they're going to be great. I don't but... know, though, man. He might struggle pitching in that ballpark. I think he'll be all right. It's a... He he came out and bashed Ooh. Rothschild yeah, and bashed the Yankees. And, and you notice he's made those changes. He hasn't thrown as many sliders. He's thrown more curveballs or, or vice versa. I don't remember which one no, it was. No, you're right. But uh, so, you know, he's kind of – and they wanted him throwing up in the zone more, mm-hmm. which you see that with a lot of the Yankees pitchers. They get their outs in the top of the zone. Uh, they swinging also and missing. nukes. Oh, they do. Yeah, without a doubt. So I think that it's switch – Brock Holt took Severino deep, bro. All right. Uh, moving <laughs> on. Brewers. Who's your pick for the Brewers? Uh, Mike Moustakis. I like that pick. I love Moustakis. Because he's had a he's had a new position this year. He's second playing second base. base. Uh, I think it's hard to pick a, a like top player because I think they have a really good team. It's um, not a well put together team because you got a lot of guys playing out of position. No, yeah, it is for sure. Um, I don't know. I'm just gonna go Travis Shaw. I think he's gonna be their best player this year. I love Travis. Shaw. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go him over. I think. Yeah. I think he has a year better than Yelich. Wow. Yeah. Like higher average. I don't know about higher average, but I think like his power numbers are gonna be really good. Yeah, they were up there last year. I think yeah, they're 30. gonna be better. What really? Yep. If, dude, the if mayor better, of Ding Dong City. If they're better, I'm going to write uh, Dave Dombrowski a very strong worded letter about the Tyler Thornburg trade because... I want him to be better just so I could see that happen. <laughs> I will write it verbatim, word for word, on this podcast if Travis Shaw has a phenomenal season like you say. I hope he does. Um, then the Pirates. Uh, Corey, <laughs> Corey Dickerson? That's- no, no. Jung Ho Gong, he's coming back, bro. Comeback player, dude. He yeah. had a good spring. Yeah, I'm gonna like go. Nukes. I'm gonna go Bell. I think Bell has a breakout season. Josh I like Bell. Him too. I like Switch him. hitting first baseman. You don't see too many of those anymore. No. Uh, I think he's gonna come out and drop nukes. I got the hiccups. How do you think he'll do against Tuki Toisson? <laughs> I think he's gonna take him deep, left-handed. Well, he only. Yeah, I was gonna say left and right-handed, but he's only gonna bat left-handed. We'll see. We'll um, see. then we got the Cardinals. The beloved uh, Cardinals. Goldie. What the f- Goldie. Paul Goldschmidt. That's that an is... easy pick. Why? Why would you pick him? Because. I'm going Tyler O'Neill. Tyler O'Neill had a crazy right. spring. I'll, I'll go Paul DeJong Mustard. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. How's that? It's actually pronounced DeJong, but I, I, I said DeJong for, I the, for the mustard reference. Got you. I'm kind of hungry. Me too. So... We said we were going out, and we're already at like two hours. Yeah, I know. Um, Diamondbacks. Wilmer Flores, baby. <laughs> he finally gets his time to shine. Uh, yeah. I'm going to go Carson Kelly, catcher, that they got in the Goldschmidt deal. Yeah, he's nothing. Alex Avila's playing. Rockies. Uh, David Dahl. He's finally getting his time, too. Uh, I'm going to pick... Pat Valaika, Valaika, Val- I can't pronounce his last he's name. He's their utility guy. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, Ryan McMahon would have been a good pick too. First he's base. Been, uh, he's third playing, base. He's playing second. Second yeah. base. Daniel Murphy's playing first. Wade oh, Davis. I forgot about D. Murphy. Oh, he picked Wade Davis. <laughs> Wade Davis a is pick. a stud. Uh, Dodgers. Uh, the Doyers. I'm gonna go Alex Verdugo. I'm gonna go Julio Urias. Nice. Uh, Giants. I don't think they're going to be very good. Dude, they're the dumpster fire of the MLB right now. I'm not. I'm not going to do the obvious 
you know, Buster Posey or Brandon Belt. Or but those might be your Bell. only picks. <laughs> Joe like Panic. Joe, Joe, Joe Panic. Yeah, but Joe Panic is actually under, like, he's under the radar. What, what there. do you want me to do? You want me to go Mac Williamson? <laughs> They got nobody. I'm gonna, I'm gonna go. They go to Balanco. No, I'm not gonna pick them either. They, they're bad players. That is a bad team. <laughs> they're terrible. I'm gonna. They're so bad. The biggest news for them this offseason has been their CEO. <laughs> I'm gonna go Brandon Crawford. They, and they were trying to get Bryce Harper. You're not gonna go there. You can throw him ten million dollars in every single year of his life. He's still not gonna go there. They, that is a bad team. Uh, Padres. Uh, Will Myers. I think he's, if he stays healthy, he goes for a 30-30 season. Uh, I'm going to go Fernando Tatis Jr. Tatis. Yep, that's my pick. I like Tatis because it kind of goes with titties. <laughs> <laughs> that's not a curse word. It don't count. Yeah, you're right. It's just it's the human anatomy. Boobs. All right. Human anatomy. <laughs> The female anatomy. <laughs> the fupa. <laughs> oh, my God. All right. Oh, man. So the last thing for uh, baseball, the power rankings came out. Astros are one. Red Sox are two. Yankees are three. The Dodgers are four. And the Nationals are five. I told you they were going to beat it. I completely agree with this other than the Nationals. They're, I still don't think they're going to be that good. They're going to win the division. How? I don't think so. Dude, their bullpen is the best in that division. I think the Phillies are still going to win that division. Phillies are Braves. No, Phillies are going to crack under pressure like they did last year. But, well, the Braves won't. Uh, Mar- you see Marquez is hitting 336 again? He's going to hit 315. He won't even hit above 300. You want to bet? Hot take. All right, you're crazy. We'll put that dollar for the curse jar uh, on the bet. All right, moving on. MMA, Finally. UFC. Finally. Oh, I've been waiting to get to UFC all day. I, I just want to say this. This past weekend's card was the biggest snoozer of the year. Minus the last fight. Minus the last fight and the prelims main event. Yeah. Those fights were complete garbage. Yeah, I thought so too. They were so boring. Dude, they hyped that uh, Macy Barber chick up to be like Ronda Rousey and nah. I think she's better than Ronda Rousey. Yeah, but... (laughs) I mean, she won by knockout, but it wasn't like... It wasn't like it wasn't like the Thompson knockout. No, that was that was probably the best knockout I've seen since Rich Franklin knocked out Nate Corey. Yair Rodriguez. That the elbows don't count. That was luck. You know, that was lucky, bro. It doesn't matter. <laughs> it doesn't matter, <laughs> bro. That was all luck. He would never do that again. It doesn't matter. All right, Rocky, calm down. <laughs> hey, do you think that Pettis knew that that was gonna knock Thompson out? Hundred percent. I don't think he knew. He, that. he knew as soon as he hit him. He's like, yeah, yeah, as soon as he hit him. But no, I think. Do you I, think Yair Rodriguez knew? No, yeah, I think he knew. No, I think he knew. No, that knockout is the greatest knockout in UFC history. That Yair Rodriguez knockout. No, it's the luckiest knockout. No, it's the best knockout ever. No way. Yes, it is. Dude, if you go back to like UFC one, you see dudes getting elbowed right to the temple. And guys basically dying. Those are the knockouts I want to see. I don't want to see, like, dink, ah, you're out. Curl's toad knock. <laughs> yeah. Dude, the Nganu knockout's way better than the Yair Rodriguez. No, it's not. That guy's head flew like 10 feet. Yeah, it doesn't matter. <laughs> and his toes are still curled. <laughs> that was still the greatest yeah. announcing ever by Joe Rogan. His toes are curled. <laughs> you know, he, he has permanent like, damage Rogan in really his toes. Seen that, really? Uh, no, I'm just <laughs> Uh, but anyway, going back to the main event, uh, Anthony Pettis KO'd Stephen Thompson when he bounced off the cage and Superman punched him right in the mouth. That was awesome. Uh, and he, watch out UFC, Anthony Pettis is coming for you. Dude, he's always been there, he's just been struggling with injuries, that's all. 
He, he's finally healthy now. He, yeah, he went on a little bit of a slide, but he's calling out everyone. Yeah, he's calling out all the guys that he lost to, specifically Rafael Dos Anjos. I hate. I, I don't like RDA, bro. I think he's a punk. We'll yeah. find out because I think that that's going to be uh, a fight. But the better question that you put on here, which I really like, what's next for Wonder Boy? Is it a rematch with Till or a pick me up fight? And then Till, like uh, to me, I think that Till and Thompson is a perfect match. Yeah, and their first fight was really good. They're both on a slide. They're both on a slide ever since they fought each other. Um, so you can go that route, or you know, you can give them each a, a hey, here, here's a here's a gimme to get you back on your feet before they fight each other. So we could see, oh, we'll see. I, I think Leon Edwards is a good fight for him. Um, well, but Leon Leon Edwards wants to fight Game Bread. That's not happening. Masvidal will destroy him. Yeah, I think know? so too. Um, Two piece in a soda. Yeah, <laughs> Dude, I, yeah. I, I think Leon Edwards is probably a good fight, and for uh, Wonder Boy, and then for Till, you know, anybody that's you know nine or lower is a good fight for him. So just to get him back on his feet, and then you could put those two against each other again. And then we got, uh, well, we already kind of talked about Dillashaw relinquishing the belt. But yeah, I just wanted to get the quotes in, like yeah. what the guys are saying, the reactions. So Uriah Faber says, quote, I've been surprised for six years that nothing's been ha- uh, been found. And I said quote. the same thing because nobody gets that cut, man, without like now, did something he, Did he test hop for PEDs or was it the like a masking agent? They haven't even said officially yet. So I think they're still testing. They just He did it uh, prematurely. He relinquished the belt because he knows he's guilty. They oh, found, yeah, yeah. They yeah, found yeah. the findings and they notified him. They just didn't say of what exactly. The man pissed hot. <laughs> Don't do it. I piss hot every morning, bro. <laughs> I put my hands over it so I can too. It, it's cold here. Um, I, oh, I never, I never talked about the Gaethje Barboza fight. Uh, how? Um, I could see the winner of that fight in Pettis. We'll see. That's gonna be a really good fight, though. Either, That's gonna be a war. What Barbosa and Gaethje? Yeah, I think the next one would be even better. Pettis and Gaethje. You think? Oh yeah, I don't think Barbosa's winning. I love Barboza. He's though. on a slide. Yeah, he is. Um, Oh, and another quote from uh, Cejudo about Dillashaw. Quote, I will never fight him again. I don't care what amount of money. I TKO'd a cheater in 32 seconds. End quote. Boss. <laughs> yeah, that's about as boss of a, of a yeah. quote you could say. Yeah, really. And what's Dillashaw going to say? Uh, it's not real. <laughs> I, I took a dick pill. You can quote John Jones, but... <laughs> wee, wee, wee. <laughs> that's not bad. Dick is a curse word. Bro. My friend's name's Richard, and his last name's Phil. <laughs> Come on. Oh, my God. Uh, so, 135 title fight, Cejudo versus Marais. Marlon Marais. 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 Yeah. Uh, or Marlon Marais versus you Sterling. Go. You sound more Asian than I do. <laughs> I know. And you're Spanish. I know. I'm <laughs> <laughs> um, so Spanish, I took French in high school. <laughs> dude, you know, I think Cejudo should just stay in his lane, stick to 125. I think he should fight uh, the winner between... Actually, just fight Juicy A. Formiga. That guy deserves a title shot. Yeah. He's been on a roll. He absolutely worked... uh, What's his face? Figueredo. Yeah, this weekend. Ooh. (laughs) Nailed that one, bro. Nailed (laughs) that one. That was good, yeah. Uh, But yeah, he he worked him for a good three rounds. Um, That fight was boring as all hell, too. Yeah, I'd like to see him finally get his chance. If not, then let uh, Formiga and Benavidez fight it out to fight Cejudo. Um, I want to see Benavidez fight for a title again. Yeah, yeah he's been too. doing well as yeah, well. He's he's a good fighter, and he also has a very hot wife who's from Nazareth. Megan Olivi. Oh, how you doing, baby? If girl? you ever want to come on the pod, <laughs> baby. Um, so yeah, 
And then we got Nate Diaz. Khabib is scared of me because I slapped the shit out of him. <laughs> hey, that was a quote. I, I didn't care. say it. Uh, but D- Nate Diaz needs to shut up, man. He hasn't fought in three years. He hasn't yeah. fought since the Connor fight. I like Nate Diaz, but like you can't talk it's, junk if you're not active. Yeah, it's like, getting to kinda, the point where like he's annoying. Kind of with the same with McGregor. So yeah. like I've kind of I still love Connor McGregor. I always root for him in any fight. But like I'm kind of like overhearing about him at this point because he's not active. He's not, he's not fighting. fighting. Yeah. Like well, well, there's more news about him. You know, he just yeah. retired, quote unquote. But he also retired in 2016. Yeah. So. Yeah, I, I don't know. Like, I'm just kind of over those guys. Like, I if McGregor doesn't want to fight anymore, cool. Like, I get it. You've earned your money. your money. Like, l- move on. But stop with the, the subliminal tweets. He just, secured his bag, as yeah. the players like to say these days. He did. And yeah, so, did. right off in the sunset, you don't have to keep, you know, teasing us. Like, I want to see McGregor fight, and then he, you know, I'm retiring. I'm not retiring. Three hours before he said he was retiring, he was on Jimmy Fallon saying, yeah, we plan on a July comeback. Yeah. So Dude, what the hell is going what, which on? Which one is it? And then and then today the New York Times is saying that he retired because he has sexual assault charges against him. They said that it's not true. You can't deny it. Yeah. But you never know. Uh, and uh, I think I don't, it's a, just a stunt. Yeah, just like the the pregnancy thing, right? Yeah. Yeah. I That's the that. thing. There's like too many publicity things with McGregor at this point. Like. I miss I miss the guy that McGregor was all business when he was trying to make a name for himself, and he would go in there. I, I feel like it, his distractions led to partially him losing in that Habib fight. Truthfully, he created his own distractions. And yeah, stuff. and it's it's like he's, he's not focused on so many other things that he's not focused on just fighting. <laughs> so who was worse in handling their stardom? I think this is a good question: John Jones or Conor McGregor? John Jones. John Jones. Yeah. Yeah, he became a crackhead. <laughs> yeah, uh, but I think that's a he good question. He hit an old lady and ran away. Yeah. So, um, but then we got uh, Woodley called out McGregor. Stupid. Just stop. Just stop. You, you got worked, bro. You need to earn your way up again. You yeah. Know, just... And and he was so humble when he lost, saying, and now he does something stupid like this. Yeah. Tyron, I love you. Don't make me hate you. Cause that's some stupid. <laughs> stuff. Let your mom talk for you, bro. Yeah. Um, Ooh. With Speaking of Conor McGregor retiring, uh, Uriah Faber had a few things to say. He's he's been talking of these past couple of he's, days. He's Uriah Faber's trying to come back. Yeah, I well, saw today. That's why I I noticed this because he's been all, like retired for two years, but he said even though he's been retired, the UFC's been like talking to him actively, trying to get him to fight people. Two fights they offered. Yeah, him. and he said McGregor's probably going to be the same thing. Like the the retirements in the UFC are never like real. Official. Yeah. Look at. Chuck Liddell. <laughs> yeah, Chuck Liddell. Randy Couture retired three times in the UFC alone, and they brought him back. And each time he came back, he won the championship. But still, like, he retired. And they actively try to get those guys because they're draws, mm-hmm. you know? Brock Lesnar retired. He's coming back again. Yep. So it, it's all about think, money now. You think, even think about it, they can hold off on money. Like, even think if there was ever a Khabib and Nick Diaz fight. And then they bring back McGregor. Yeah. Think about the money and mm-hmm. publicity that would bring to the table like yeah. of all three of them. If I'm the UFC, I'm doing what Bellator is doing right now because they have so many stars just in one division and so many rivals in that division. Like, everybody hates each other. It's like great animosity, great viewings, ratings, whatever. They could capitalize so much on it with money if they hold a tournament. Not right. like a one-day tournament. I like tournament. the whole thing of everyone fighting everyone. Yeah. Thing. 
dude. Yeah. Like, just like, make a bracket. Yeah. Want, and exactly, dude. Yeah, exactly. And you know what? They should do open weight fights too, bro. Not even like <laughs> catch weight bouts. If John Jones, <laughs> dude, if John Jones wants to fight Tyron Woodley, let it happen. Let them batter their brains in for it's money. Yeah. And why not? And guys, like there are guys in different divisions that don't like each other. Yeah, so let it, it happen. Let it or, or find a middle ground. Make it a catch weight fight. Or yeah, exactly. Make a 165. Add those five. I, I know Tyron Woodley would have no issue bumping up weight. That guy no. is massive already. He's massive. Yeah. But uh, I, I just thought that was interesting that, like, Faber said that. And he, he said, he's like, I feel better now than than what I've ever felt. He's like, I gave my time, body to heal, and now I still I have that burning inside me to get back in the cage. So. I've always been a huge Uriah Faber fan. I think and he, sometimes yeah, you need that. I, yeah. I think you've always just... He's always himself in, yeah. sense, in every fight he did. It's and he's one of those guys where they drove him into the ground, man. This guy, he was like Cerrone, but he didn't have the, you know, he wasn't able to handle that. He can't fight every other week like yeah. Cerrone can. But that's what they had him doing. He fought like nine times in his first year in the UFC from the WEC. Can't do that, man. You got to allow your time, like your body to heal. Yeah, I agree. Um, so Cormier said he plans on fighting Lesnar soon. I told you this was happening. And that he may go to WrestleMania and cause him to lose his universal title. If I see title. Daniel Cormier in the crowd, I'm choking him out. He won't affect that match at all. <laughs> Throw a soda, soda at him. I won't, three, I'm going to give him a three-piece and a soda. <laughs> three-piece chicken tender and, yeah. a, and a soda. <laughs> Bro, if, if Seth Rollins does not win that match clean while I'm there, I'm walking out. I'm leaving. Well, you can leave because and you'll beat traffic because it's not even the main event of WrestleMania. Oh, I know. Ronda <laughs> Rousey is. Um, eh, you know, I Joan Jett's playing her out though. She sings her theme song. You know the I don't give a damn about your reputation <laughs> the reputation song. But Joan Jett's singing her out, so that's pretty cool, I guess. Uh, and then the last thing, by the way, screw Daniel Cormier. Um, yeah, for real. Former NBA player Royce White says he's in talks with UFC and Bellator, which I've se- I saw this actually a couple of weeks ago. Mm-hmm. He has no fight experience, which we've seen how that worked out with Greg Hardy. And uh, he's been training uh, MMA for seven months. And he said he can be the heavyweight champion. Royce White said this. You're an idiot. Yeah. You're an idiot. There's too many guys that think they're tough that can join the UFC and and win. Like, Greg Hardy beat nobodies. And then when he finally got put up against somebody who was well-rounded and and trained in MMA, he struggled. And he he struggled so much that... frustrated him to throw an illegal blow. Yeah. And that's the stuff that if Dana White signs this clown, that is the same stuff that's going to happen. And and Dana White should... Make me a bicycle clown! He should stop because he's going to start putting... He's putting bad product out there. You know what they should just do? And I'm, I'm serious when I say this. They should make a celebrity division and have them fight old legends like Ken Shamrock, Chuck Liddell. We got a TV show. Yeah. Boom. And it's, it's not going to, it's going to be like bully beatdown. But with celebrities. But, but celebrity beatdown. For all those celebrities that think they can, you I'm, know. I'm trademarking that right now. Don't take my crap, all right? Yeah, or we'll show this to people. <laughs> we'll hand this recording in. Yeah. Um. I would agree with that. I think that would be awesome to watch. Yeah. Because there are so many celebrities out there that think they're the bee's knees. Yeah, Demi Lovato is one of them. (laughs) (laughs) Who's Demi Lovato fighting? I don't know. Just let her get her ass kicked. She she knocked out Jay Glazer's tooth. Yeah, let her fight Cyborg. Oh, my God. (laughs) Are they wearing headgear or no? Nah, bro. If you're if you're in it, you're in it to win it. So we're going four ounce I'm, I'm gloves. I'm talking about boobs getting punched and popped, bro. Like you're going for the whole yeah. Dude. So we're going four ounce gloves with no headgear. You know, I might even take it as far as bare knuckle. Bro. Oh yeah, that would never happen with the reps. <laughs> all, right, all right. Well, if that's not maybe maybe kick pads and boxing gloves. 
Maybe. And you'd have them fight pros or old pros. That is a genius idea. I think that would make money. I think so, too. I, I mean, like I don't know about you, but I definitely want to see Carrot Top get his face bashed in. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't Carrot Top kind of jacked now? He's juiced. And you know what? No drug testing either. Let everybody just be on roids for that. Oh, man. I want Chuck Liddell to fight one of them. That's good TV, bro. Have Chuck Liddell fight like Brian Cranston from Malcolm in the Middle or something. <laughs> get, get him back. Get him back on the win column. <laughs> it's oh. been a while. <laughs> Jeez. Well, uh, that's about it for today. I, I just wanted to apologize for the NFL rule changes. I thought that was going to be better than what it was. <laughs> I, we actually had to delete a little part of it. No, you, should, you shouldn't apologize. The NFL should apologize yeah. for wording it. Yeah, that make no sense. <laughs> yeah. Dude, put it in layman words. It's not Einstein. They, not don't even, they don't even know what those rules mean. They'll figure it out when the season starts. <laughs> they talk yeah. about it on the sideline. That's yeah. what By do. the committee crew, the onside kick should be outlawed. Be a whatever. Dude, no. Put it in words that I could read, not make myself look like an idiot. And dumb it down. Make it like a paragraph. Yeah. Don't make it. it like nine paragraphs. Yeah, dumb it down, bro. Like two sentences. Like dumb an intro down. paragraph. <laughs> Put a little bit of flavor on it. Put yeah. a little toisson on it. <laughs> <laughs> Mooch, you got anything? I got nothing. Nothing. You were a little quiet this episode. Oh, yeah, this episode... You're just we, chilling. Yeah. We kind of were just like, back. yeah, we were kind of like rapid firing though. We had a lot of shit. Ah, we oh, will. We had a lot of stuff to get through. Yeah, I agree. Um, anyway, make sure you follow us on Anchor. Oh, uh, God. And then on Anchor, there's all the other links, but uh, Spotify is one, Apple Podcast, um, po- uh, Pocket Cast. There's all oh, there's like four more, but make sure you go follow them. If you go on our Twitter page, I know that I've tweeted about it. Um, so if you look through our Twitter, you can find those links. So basically, wherever you listen to a podcast, you'll be able to find it. Um, Luke, you got anything? No. Like I said earlier, happy Air Max Day. I have my favorite pair stocked up in my room. The d- Vapor Max, those are nice, dude. They're comfortable. And don't be afraid to be bald. That's my advice. Yeah, yeah. Dude, you know what? For guys that are wearing like toupees and wigs... Forget it. Shave it off. Embrace Show, the baldness. Embrace the baldness, man. Some of the greatest of all time. Debatable with Michael Jordan. Some of the greatest <laughs> of all time are bald. And they live it up. They live it up. Yet, I mean, Michael Jordan does have the Hitler stash to like coincide with his baldness, which kind of works for him. It's a little weird. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> uh, that's going to do it for episode 34. I would also like to thank Dan at Train on Main uh, for sponsoring us. Oh, my God. I'm getting a Charlie horse right in the middle of this. Ow, that hurts so bad. Oh. I'll take it from here. Yeah, Train on Main. Go, f- go follow them on Instagram, and you can find them at 427 Main Street, Stroudsburg. Go check them out. Peace out, everybody. We'll see you on Thursday with episode 35. Stay tuned. Tuki Toisson. Have a go on. We bop and flippity hop And as happy as I can be
Bippity hop, I'll never be a millionaire.